0: This podcast contains swear words. Hello and welcome to Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne, a podcast about art making, creativity, not giving up, and living well in the process. And although I'm coming from the perspective of a performing artist, the themes and issues discussed here apply to all of us. Whether you consider yourself an artist or not, life is a creative act. I'm your host, Tara Cheyenne Friedenberg, a choreographer, actor, dancer, writer, and educator living on the unceded ancestral territories of the Musqueam, tsleil and Squamish people on the west coast of Canada. And in today's episode, I have a very exciting, energetic interview with Jane Gabriels, who is the executive director of Made in BC Dance on Tour, an organization that is dedicated to building a culture of dance throughout the province of British Columbia. Jane comes to us via the Bronx and Montreal and has so many good little nuggets for us to take away. But first, if you haven't already done so, please Subscribe, rate, review, share this podcast with a friend. That's how we get the word out and that's how we stay advertisement free. But on that note, if you have a side hustle or uh, a business or a show that you would like to promote, please reach out to us. We love to promote our community in any way that we can. You can email me at info at com or Terashian TCP on Instagram, Terashine performance on the Facebook. And now a segment I like to call process, process, which I used to call notes from the studio. Just so you have a little continuity. I am just about to go in to the studio to start to begin fresh. A new project. I have just completed the project I've been working on for about three or four years. So instead of taking a break between them, um, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going in. But this raises the question, how do we begin? There are many ways to begin. We can take an idea that maybe we've been thinking about for a while. We can go through the notebooks of ideas. We can start researching something that seems interesting. We can look at all those things that might be driving us crazy or that we get really excited about. I was thinking about an artist, uh, Netflix special, that I saw recently, Nate, a one-man show. If you haven't watched it, I encourage you to watch it. It is subversive and quite genius, in my opinion. And what I was observing in myself was almost a childlike excitement. And that made me think, okay, there's something about this that is worth pursuing, researching myself, which I've mentioned before. I think it's a really valuable thing to do because once you start researching yourself and the things that make you really excited which i think is kind of the positive aspect of self investigation but it's also really useful to look at the things that really bother you that make you upset irritated uh, a sense of injustice to investigate those things and and go into the whys. and of course well, that's going to take you into your immediate surroundings and from there a little bit further into your community and there of course further still into the world. The other thing I'm going to say about beginning is that, keep in mind, beginning is about generating, is about writing down, collecting, researching, as I said already. It is not about editing. It is not about critiquing. It is not about making decisions about what stays or what goes. That's for later. So if you are starting something now, And we're all in some ways starting every day, really starting again. Make sure that that editor, that that critic, that you can really just like sneak into the room uninvited and is all of a sudden like nattering away in the corner. Just very politely, thank you so much. I realize you're here because you think I need you right now. But you know what? Take, take a break. Go you walk around the block for a few months or years or decades, and I will let you know when you are needed. Thank you so much. The other thing I wanted to bring up today before we get into our interview with Jane is something that Jane and I uh, speak about in our interview, and I think it's super important. It's kind of obvious, but it is the idea of the deadline or the reality of the deadline. As I record this, we are still pretty deep in the COVID times, and many of us are working alone in our homes, alone in studios, or online with, with other people. There isn't as much kind of structure around what we're doing, so we have to impose things or create structures that will enable us to actually do the things that we intend or desire to do. So, the deadline, the deadline is essential. Depending on what your personality is like, it might be really important to have an external deadline. For me, it's integral. I will just keep working, going over things, you know, having battles with my, my critic, my inner critic, you know, for years, unless I have a deadline, unless I know that next week, Kate's going to come into the studio and I have to show her something, or I have made an appointment with Melanie to read her the text I have been working on, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean. So think about the people around you who love you, and care about you, and are not the kind of people, even though they might be wonderful people, who are going to tell you what they think you should do. The people who want to support your practice and who you can support. And get them to give you a deadline. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's every second Tuesday. Maybe it's two months from now. But there is a time, some place, some time, some person with whom you can exchange your ideas, your creation, in whatever state it's in. So think about that. If you have any great tips to the idea of deadline, how to make that happen for you, please do let me know. Email me, info at I'd love to hear your ideas and share them with our community. And now my interview with Jane Gabriels. Jane is a PhD. Dr. Jane. Dr. Jane. And she is very, very accomplished. She's an artist herself and a performer, as well as an activator. I like to call her an activator because she engages artists in connecting with their community, in connecting with presenters, creating opportunities for ourselves, and Interfacing with those presenters, and when I say presenters, if you don't know the term or are familiar with it, those are the people who run the theaters um, or the organizations that pay the artists to come and do their shows in their theaters. So she really creates this um, exchange, and, and I really love what she's doing with Made in BC. I think she's doing an amazing job and really activating the ownership of the artist, on the work, on what happens to our work. I will post Jane's full bio, and it is the full bio, in the show notes, as well as lots of the links that are mentioned during the interview. Jane drops some wonderful names that are worthwhile looking up. I am here with the wonderful Luminescent. (laughs) Jane, Gabriels, 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 Gabriels. (laughs) (laughs) And you're the executive director of Made in BC Dance on Tour here in BC, but you have all kinds of other things. And I'm really interested in talking to you because here on the West Coast, we know you in that role in the amazing work that you've been doing for the past several years. But you also are... performer artist. You also have many other projects. I would love to hear what is going on in your world right now in terms of all your projects. What does it look like?
1: Oh, that's so nice. You know, I feel like artistically and being a performer and all that, like I I did a lot of, I would perform at something maybe almost once a month or something when I was in New York and a little bit less in Montreal because I was working on the PhD and all that, which took over. But I also had a practice that I was doing during that PhD time. But basically, it's like when I came out to Vancouver, you know, I kind of underestimated how much a new job would demand. And there was so much. There was just so much. It was like just all these different places. And then when I first got to Vancouver, every time I walked out the door, I just got lost. And my friend kept saying, "Look to the mountains, look to the mountains, always keep the mountains." And I was like, "Yo, it's February. I haven't seen one mountain yet. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I don't know where they are. I don't know what you're talking about." And then finally, in March, like the fog cleared, and I was like, "Oh, okay. That. Oh, there you are." And then, then that kind of cleared things up. And then I realized what I had been doing in my mind. I just kept thinking that it was Manhattan and it was a peninsula. It was just very. I don't know what was going on to be honest, but I was really getting discombobulated. Anyway, so basically just getting out the door, going from my apartment to the office that we, what we had at the time was like an adventure in itself. So a lot of the performance stuff, I didn't get on it, you know, and, um, and it's okay. Like, you know, the reason why I like performing is that I like the whole, like, you know, you're working on something, got to get ready for the performance, you know, and all the, all the, the deadline of it is so useful because you kind of like whatever it is, you get it together. I do the thing where no, 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 don't record it. Cause I don't know how good it is. You know, and then afterward I'm like, was good like I should have recorded it and I you know which is a lesson to I tell other artists this and then I don't listen but it's always like record everything because there's one mentor of mine said Miriam Soto you never know when genius may strike and um so yeah but I but I tell you one thing when I did my little you know very informal thing in a studio I invited a few friends to come like you know, it's my birthday. Come watch me perform. <laughs> so, so I can just get this out of my system, you know, and put some stuff together. Like I have all these different things, but it felt really good because it's very interesting to move to a place where you have no context. I have no friends. I have no family there literally came for the job. And then it's like, yeah, I did. And it's, it's cool. I decided like, yeah, let's see what happens when I take a hard left. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to be out there, but let's, it's fun. To, it's also very interesting to do that to yourself. Like Whoa. Okay. Start. It's like, start like go. So it was very interesting performing because, you know, I wasn't in front of a Bronx crowd. I wasn't in front of a New York crowd. I was in front of people that don't really know me that I don't really know that we're just getting to know each other. And so it made it different. And also I come as kind of picking up on some West coast, like, you know, chill out, <laughs> you know, like, chill. out. You don't have to talk so fast. You know, like, <laughs> You don't have to get right in there and talk as quickly as you can to keep someone's attention. No, you can just, you know, take him all. So, anyway, so something basically something different happened, which was very good. And I held on to it. And then, of course, it dissipated. And I'm trying to get back on it again. You know, it's an ongoing thing. But it's, but it's, you know, but that's what it is. And it's okay because I keep telling myself it's okay, even though I'm mad at myself all the time for not doing enough. <laughs> but, um, but it's still cool because different things are coming through and that's what it's about, like letting different things come through. And then it's okay that it takes some time to figure out what you want to do. And you just give yourself a new deadline. Like I have a new deadline. I'm going to give myself, I'm going to make another one of my little video dance things. I'm dancing with trees. That's what I'm do next.
0: (laughs) Oh, great. I love it. I look forward to that. It's so true. The deadline thing. Yes. I'm starting a project to try and bring artists together and just online as we are right now, but also across distance. And one of the things I've heard from so many people is like, oh my God, I just need a fucking deadline. No matter if it's just like, I'm going to have to show this to a few friends online in two weeks, whatever it is. So that's such a good thing to hop on. It is critical. It
1: is, isn't it? I say to different people, like, you know what? Sometimes artists or my friends, they forget Then when they talk to me and they say, I kind of want to do this, I'm going to be like, great, let's talk in a week. I want to hear what you're up to. Because sometimes the best thing you can do for a friend who is an artist is give them a deadline. That is a a gift of friendship. (laughs) Because you're kind of telling them, like, in a way, like, I know you can do it. I know you have it all. You just need someone to say you must bring whatever you have to the table on this date and let's unpack it. And then, like, as soon as that happens, the artist feels better you know, because they finally got that thing out a little bit more into the universe, usually. And then they get a reaction. And then there's something else that can build and grow from that. And other people are also witnessing and carrying that part of your story with them. This is just a riff, but not for nothing. But I was in this workshop with Kathy Westwater that I gave her shout out. And it was years ago. And she told me about a dream that she had. And the way that she told us all about that dream I was like shook in a good way, but I was shook. And it was years later, I happened to bump into her at some other dance performance. This is in Manhattan. And I remember we're going up the stairs and she passed me and I was like, Kathy. And then she was like, Hey, we started talking. And I was like, you know, I never forgot that dream. She's like me neither. I made a film of it. I was like, really? So that was our reconnection. And that reconnection led to many, 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 many positive things. You just don't know what you're sharing and how it might years later, have an impact or register with somebody, you know, you've probably had those performances where years later, you're like, wow, I never forgot. Like I had some random thing, but I'm just say it. And then you'll go on. But Peggy Baker, I would never seen her perform. This is in, she was a dance space project, like way with 90 sometime. And to be honest, I'd never seen a physicality like that before. I was like, look at her toes. Like you know, her toes are like, ah! you know, <laughs> and, and I was just watching her like, wow, I've never like, what? And I remember after when she bowed, everyone, she looked right at me and bowed. And I was like, what? Oh, like, I'm, you know, I'm naive as anything. And I'm like, what? Like, she's noticed me noticing her. And then she noticed me back. I've never forgotten that because I've never had that really, like, it just showed me a lot of things and a really, in a very fast moment, a lot of realizations. So I love it when those happen because they stay with you for such a long time. And I love when they come up out of nowhere to surprise you. So yeah, thinking about deadlines showing up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you're
0: saying too, is that like a deadline to share, I mean, and for me, like performance is dialogue, it's sharing, it's a, you know, um, a conversation so that always kind of like trusting that whatever comes up needs to be, it needs to be in that loop and that feedback loop because you don't know when the magic moments are going to happen, right? I think so much for artists, especially like right now, of course, a lot of us are working alone because we have to, or those of us who do solo stuff. I mean, I never work alone when I do solo stuff because it's torture. Um, I've always <laughs> you need to have those those relationships, those little like bolts of inspiration, whether it's like you said, like sharing a dream or just making eye contact for a moment can It literally can be
1: life-changing. Yeah. You know, two things I was thinking of that there's this philosopher, Mikhail Bakhtin, he was a Russian guy who drank tea all day long. Like that was his main thing. His wife, it was, thank God, you know, he was very lucky that, so he was married and someone put up with him for so long because all she did, all she did was (laughs) make tea for him all the time. He just drank like really strong tea and he just kept writing and writing and writing. That was his thing. Part of his philosophy. And you know, my professor would be like that 's not it at all, but here 's what I got out of it, <laughs> but, but, but I see you and everything else around you, and you see me and everything else around me i can 't see you around me the way you can. I mean I see now because i see I see my fake background, so it 's like we need each other to fill in each other 's context because we neither one of us can carry all of it, so that is the beauty of relationship and I was also thinking how you know you 're saying about solos and you know, excruciating to be alone. And and I loved it when Zara, when she was, Zara Shahab, when she was working on her solo during that first recentering margins, creative residency, I think she asked you one of the first questions of like, how do you do it by yourself in a studio? Because it can be really overwhelming because you're kind of like, I have nothing. I must have something. That's not it. You know, you just go into it. I don't know. Here's the thing. I like see things sometimes. (laughs) So I hear things, let's just say, and what I mean is like, um, not that my ancestors talk to me because I guess they talk to me. They're probably shaking me right now. I have been talking to you, (laughs) but what is this not talking? Come on, say it for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I, but I do, I, I feel presence for sure. I feel, I do feel their presence sometimes. I really do. And one time I've told this story before I am, a, I like to tell stories. That's how I grew up like talking, but, uh, but this is true. I heard, I think it was like a really important person like Toni Morrison or somebody like that who said, Oh, before, if I'm in any like situation where I feel nervous, I call my ancestors, like come to me, blah, blah, blah come to me, blah, blah, blah. So one time I was nervous about something. So I said, come to me. And I said a whole bunch of different names. And I felt them all rush up and I was like, sorry, 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 too much. <laughs> I got overwhelmed. I didn't think you were all gonna answer. Yes. <laughs> I was like kind of like I sent out the group email thinking one person yes! was gonna answer me. And they're all like <laughs> I was like, never mind, I'm fine. It's okay. <gasps> never mind. False alarm. <laughs> you know? But you learn from that, like, oh, you know, it's kind of if you're into it, like it's happening. So maybe just like be real specific. And and there's something about that though, is that Like when I did do this one fabulous solo, you know, whatever, I tried my best. But I always felt like, I always felt like the people that I was, they were in the room with me for sure. Like I was having conversations with Noemi Segarra Ramirez and Antonio Ramos and Indio. Like they were all there with me. So that felt kind of fun. Sometimes it was a bit crowded, (laughs) kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I just think it's like, even when you're alone, all the things you hear, even when you're alone, you're not alone. You just have to remember it. And it's easy to forget. You just have to keep remembering, like, you're not alone. Even though it is easy to forget, you have to keep reminding yourself because they're there and a lot of things are there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That we're part of the ecosystem
0: and that it's a big web. Um, yes. I'm curious about your ancestry and where you, because I don't, I mean, I know you're immediate before Vancouver. You're in Brooklyn and Montreal. Could you give us a little, like, where does Jane come
1: from? Yeah, so what, what happened was, When I was in the Bronx for like over 20 years and then I, whatever, I did this dissertation thing and, uh, and I did a lot of research about the Bronx and Puerto Rican diaspora and all this stuff. And I had all this, you know, it was, it was great. All these things. I was, a lot of things were confirmed. Then later I was like, wait, what's my story? Wait, what's my story again? And then I found out that I do have a relative in Puerto Rico, (laughs) you know, which was kind of like, Oh, oh my God. Yeah. So I was like, right on. Of course I do you know, it makes sense in a way. And then I did more research. And the reason why I have this tie to Montreal, I do feel really proud of it. It's just like my family there, my my grandmother was born in Montreal. So that's the connection. And I have, I have cousins there who I'm very close with and which I, is so nice to say, you know, they're smiling at me. I'll make sure they hear this. Um, <laughs> but that's a very, so there's a nice feeling about that. And You know, I did grow up in the States, but honestly, we would go over to Montreal, like since I was nine, we would just like cross the border, it's going to see my cousins. It didn't feel like crossing the border. Yeah. But it was also like, yeah, we're going to see my cousins, like, let's go. So that's part of it. And I like to say, you know, when I was in different, um, more like indigenous circles where you learn the importance of how important it is to say all the things of where you come from, which I learned definitely being on the West coast and, um, It's interesting to learn your ancestors and to know like where they're coming from. And it's not like, it's not like when I like call them or it's more just knowing that if you're in a tough situation or if you're in a situation where you feel you're like in a corner, like you're not, and that you have these ancestors or whoever, or mentors or teachers or just people around you, there's always a way you just have to connect with somebody else or whatever. I guess I just mean like the worst thing is to feel stuck. And I think it's important that we try to help each other so that we don't get stuck or feel stuck because it's such a ugh, feeling, you know? And so that can be sometimes looking to an ancestor. Like, you know, when I did go out to Vancouver, I was like, oh yeah, okay. Well, I had some relatives that like took some big leaps for things. So that's what I'm doing. And then I found out that in Musqueam, the family name of Garen is like a big family name. And that's my grandmother's name. And that, I was just like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> In a minute, I don't even know what that means. Wow, yeah, but it was just really surprising. That's just a funny one of like, whoa, I had no idea.
0: Amazing, keeps life interesting. Absolutely, like kind of exploring all the connections, and like you say, you're not alone. I always like to remind, especially younger artists, that those of us who are, you know, over (laughs) over a certain vintage, (laughs) shall we say, we like to say, I'm just like, (laughs) well, you know what? If you ask, somebody's going to say, yeah, I'll help you. Yeah, sure. Like, what do you need? Yes. And I think like when I was younger, when I was emerging, there was fear, like you did not talk to, you did not ask, you know, don't bug anybody. And I feel like that's bullshit. And I just want to be useful, um, <laughs> you know? Um, so calling upon your connections, calling upon your ancestors, that's just such a great point that... Chances are there's a great grandma or somebody, great, great grandma who did, made a big leap. So if she she did, you can do it too.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, in other circumstances of like in the Bronx, I have this hip hop academy that I've done for, I don't know. It's a really small little project, but it's done, it's done really beautiful things because it's beautiful. You're just putting like really wonderful, nice artists in connection with local teenagers. But the difference is, is that they're seeing people as people say, like that look just like them. And that's really different because then it's not just like you kids can do it too, but it's more like being someone like Rockefeller or Caridad de la Luz or Violeta Galagarza, and being like, they really, like they did it. And um, so go talk to them because they know some things that might be able to help you. And also like you're in a completely different situation right now with TikTok, Instagram, you know, all these wild things that change so much about accessibility and you know, you can reach out to people. Remember when MySpace first started and we were like, oh my God, I could just write a letter to my favorite band and they might see it. It was so exciting.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Right now. It's like, yeah, you can comment. I love it. So now in your role as executive director of Made in BC, I've been, you know, working with Made in BC since the origin way back yeah you know you bring artists together with with presenters you bring artists together with each other you've kind of transformed the role in a really great way can you just talk about how you see your role and what you're trying to do and what are some of the things that you see that are really inspiring and what are some of the things you see that might uh oh I just like to change that
1: oh thank you so much you're going to have to remind me of all those things as I get going, because I will be No worries. Okay. No worries. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, it's really fascinating to walk into an organization that's been running for 12, 10, 12 years, you know, just that you're walking into it and being like, okay, what's the deal? But it's also interesting too. It's like, you know, the founders that was in 2006. So it's gone. It's like a few different people have been in charge with, with uh, Joyce Rosario. And I forget the woman's name before her, Robin something. I think, and then Joyce, and then of course, Joel Klein had it, you know, was in charge of everything for like six years. So it, it is kind of something when you're walking into something that's set up in a particular way. And, and I think part of the, the project of doing this 15th year history thing, yeah, it was totally to celebrate the anniversary. It was also like, yeah, I want to hear what happened the last 15 years. <laughs> like, I got to need a quick uh, crash course here. Like I'm picking up and I'm picking up from reading documents, but you know, it's not the same as like hearing what happened when Rosario went up to Smithers and all the rest. You know, one really nice thing that was a real perk and you know, I am thankful is that there was a little bit of money when I first got in for me to travel around BC. And let me tell you, I took full advantage of that. And not just like, oh yeah, I get to travel around, but it was like, I need to. Because I don't know the difference between Nelson and Revelstoke. And I need to see what these places are like and how far apart they are and how they are totally different from each other. And I would not have known that. And I'm so thankful I did that when I, like in the spring of 2018, because that has helped me so much. So just to say, like, you know, BC is huge. And it takes forever to get around. <laughs> and and like winter in Vancouver is one thing and winter in Nelson is another story. <laughs> and so I had to like, you know, get all that in firsthand experience to understand it. Okay, so you're walking into something that's already set up. It's not the founders. It's been through a few things. But I feel like, you know, to be honest, like I interviewed for jobs for a bit there. <laughs> and uh, my interview with made with the Made in BC Dance on tour was like, it was just like, yes, everything Everything we said to each other and that those first interviews were like, yes, yes, yes. I'm like, oh my God, I might have, this might be a good fit for me because I'm not from institution. It's more like, um, you know, in New York, I did the Pentacle. Everybody goes through Pentacle at one point or another. And that was begun by Ivan and Moira Greenberg in, I forget when, the 19, whatever and they were still there it was very much i was an employee there and i worked for gibby studio in new york it was very much as an employee and then working at pepetian in the bronx that was like woo what ideas do you have what do you want to do can you get money to do it do it so i really enjoyed that atmosphere because it's really fun and it's really creative and you're working with groups of people you have an idea and you actualize it and it feels amazing and then you can kind of follow the threads and more things build from it. And it's very exciting. So it was really interesting when I was talking to people at Mayday BC Dance on Tour that they, there's space for that. Like, they're like, yeah, what do you want to bring? What do you want to do? How do you see things? What are you, you know, not just, and I was very careful when I came in. I did just say, <clears throat> like, give me all the things and you do this and you do that. I was like, oh, hell, like, what, do you, what are you doing? What's going on? How can I, there's already something happening here that I want to pay attention to and try to figure out. And it took me a while to grasp because it's, there's always something else that just to see what's going on and then to see like, OK, maybe that's a little something that could be opened up a little bit more. Or maybe that's a something that we could do or just finding the little things and then seeing where that leads and and getting feedback, and, you know, just trying to keep it like I'm, I'm walking into something that is, doesn't belong to me. And, not, I'm like, and I'm not saying that is altruistic. It doesn't belong to me. But it really doesn't in a way. It's like a lot of other people are invested in it and are part of it. But I also want to try to bring in what I can do and what I can see to like, just try to make some little tweaks and changes and what can we do to open things up in different ways and keep it super relevant for all the changes that are happening, which is a lot.
0: Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Things are changing so much and continuing to evolve is so great and so important. And I can see you doing that kind of responding so, so well. Thanks. You know, this is one of those things that I'm always like, you know, the gatekeepers, Yeah, um, which is very kind of colonial, patriarchal way of doing things. And I see, I see a shift happening in how presenters in BC and artists, how we're interacting. And um, I'm, I'm sure you
1: have some thoughts about that. I'm really happy about that because, you know, one thing that I think has happened with COVID, we really have to talk together because the theater needs to know how the artist is taking care of themselves and any dancers they might have with them. And what are they, how are they approaching things and all that. And the artists, they definitely need to know what the theater is doing and how, you know, all the things conversation is a really key element to things and um, there needs to be more discussion. So that's a good thing. And also right now it's like, you know, (laughs) dance on tour, dance on digital tour, dance on, you know, we're not, (laughs) it's really different. Yeah. The gatekeeper thing is really tricky stuff. I try to lower the bar as much as I can because I'm not into it. And I also, I don't know what this means when I say it, but I really don't know what this means when I say it, but it's like, I got my stripes as my friend says, like I earned my stripes. It just means that I don't have to be in charge of it all. Like I have tried to open it up in different ways and invite other people in because one thing it's a lot more fun. It's more fun, (laughs) you know, and somebody's going to say, Janie, you know, when people know me, they're like, Janie, what about, you know, what about this? And you're, you know, we need to have each other because also I'm just trying to do many different things because I feel very fortunate to have this job in a way. And also like, I want to do stuff. I don't just want to sit and be happy to do like the minimal or whatever. When I see artists around me and I know it, they're all busting a gut to get their work done. And I want to help support that. And also lead is not maybe the right word, but create different spaces for artists to, you know, because you don't want to lose an artist. Like, it's so painful for me when someone's like, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. And you're like, no. Because even if you feel like I'm not, this isn't it and that's not it. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's really important. Like, I'm starting to get that whine in my voice. It's really important. It <laughs> doesn't matter. It's important. But it is important because what else are we going to do? Buy bagels? You know, like I don't know. Like what I mean by that. It depends on what kind of bagels. But you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, one tangent, it, it'll make sense at the end. I did this like performance piece with my friend Jean Petrano. and she was about to do this really difficult solo that she created for herself. But, you know, so we're backstage and I had to do a spoken word element during part of it, do some kind of gestural things, whatever. So, she's, you know, getting really nervous because she's about to really have to do and she looks over and I'm like I'm like, "Jean, look." And I just yawn really wide and I'm like, "Yeah, that's my warm up." <laughs> And I was also like, Gene, you know, right now we could be having dinner. We could be seeing a movie. We don't have to be here right now. We could just leave, you know, because I also wanted just to remind both of us for her to be like, what? And like, exactly. We get to be here. We get to share our work. We work to be able to get to this point where we actually think we have something to share. So don't let it shake you because bringing it all in with you, all those hours in the space that you're rehearsing, all those ideas you had to figure out that one phrase that like means the world to you, all those walks from your place to the studio, like it's all happening and people out there are going to read it. And the best part was that I remember that show, Last Tension, but I remember there was like four, like 70 or 80 year old women that were there. And like, they got every little, they watched us so carefully. They got every little thing. And I was like, "Woo! Do I feel seen? Like, wow! Oh yeah! And if you're seen by the grandmas, Woo! You're seen. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to like mess up. That's for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll giggle. <laughs> Love it. It's true.
0: Like we get to be there. We get to make work. Can you talk about valuing your work? Because you're kind of like in the fulcrum of this, I got to sell my work and the presenters, I got to buy work. About valuing work, about valuing your own work, about asking for money. I mean, you know, if if you feel comfortable talking about those.
1: I totally feel comfortable about this. I think these conversations are super important. You You know, one thing, there was a woman who was talking about as an artist, like what she was working on and she was working on her value statements. She was like value statements. And I'm like, yeah, I think people have, have worked on them, but I don't know if they've called it that, but I loved it because if you think them through a bit, like you can't shake them. It's not something kind of, maybe sorta it's like, no, my value is that I want, you know, whatever the value is, it's it's really important to have that. So, okay. Going back to pitching and buying work, the business of it, that's business. It's part of things because That's how people make a living. And that is the business that is funded. And I also think it's important. Made in BC, Dance on Tour is a small fish in that larger pond in certain ways. And I don't know an artist that's offered 100,000 in BC for things. I don't know. (laughs) Me neither, honey. (laughs) Exactly. So, but in other places, that money is out there and is on the table and offered. But it is partially these relationship building that are important. I know that's like the soft side of things, but those are really important. You know, even like for the, this recent showcase thing we did online, um, which is a whole experiment, like pitching online. Yeah. That's not awkward. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> it's, like <so> crazy. <laughs> I know. it's like, okay. Well, we're, we're doing it people. We're doing it. It was good. Yeah. And we had some good people come. And what I mean by that is like, if you get that one person in the room that understands your work and clicks with it, like you don't know, they might have six other people they're connected with. So I just think even if it's something where it's not money right at the top, and I'm not saying to do stuff for free, we're, that conversation is over. Like, we're not even talking about that anymore. Yeah, we got to stop doing that. Everybody listening, you got to stop. We got to stop. Yeah, be upfront about it. And I think also, okay, I now I'm going off topic again, but your worth, what your work is worth, and also like what you're willing to do. Like, for example, there might be somebody that comes up to you that says, Hey, I want you to, I, I'd love to have you do something at this place. And I, and really the, the pay is extremely low, but in your mind for each artist, it's up to them to decide like, you know, like, no, I'm not going to do it because I want, I want to get paid this and I'm not going to do it. And that's like, that's fine. But another artist might be like, okay, it's not what I, the money that I want, but I still want to do it because I want to do it. Cause I want to be part of that group. And I want to be part of that scene, but you just have to be careful. Like you're making that decision about why, in other words, sometimes the money doesn't equal what you want it to equal. want it But there might be something else that you want out of that experience that isn't about money. But that's for each artist to decide what they want. And it can change at different points. And that's fine, too. Because sometimes at a certain point in your career, you might be like, I don't care. I just want to go there. I'll do it for the little bit because I know it's going to be fun. Or it might be like, I'm going to ask them for $100 more and see how it goes. And you can ask. Here's one thing I've learned is that budgets. (laughs) You know, you have a plan. And it feels really secure and then things happen. So it's okay to ask if you feel like, you know, I, I, this is good for me for this, but I feel like I might need a little bit more for that and to be, you know, and it might, they might say no, but they also might say yes. And they might say yes, but I can't give you the full, for example, $50 just to give a cheap example. I can give you 35 and you're like, I can deal with that. That's great. You know so I, I think asking is also a good thing like you know sometimes I hear artists like we have the power and I'm like of course you have the power of course just know it I'm saying that forcefully maybe more than I should but I'm alone in a room <laughs> <So> I'm, <laughs> I'm shouting <laughs> no one's home <laughs> <laughs> so I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> Amazing. So, yeah, I just think it's like, it's okay to ask and, you know, just be cool about it, but ask for what you need, see what happens. And then you make your choices and your decisions. And that's fair. And that's fair for everybody because, you know, I am a silver lining person, which can be annoying for some people, but sometimes it's really good because I do think people want, they do want the best for each other. It's just this whole thing. We all do These it. This podcast like, is I think, effing you know what I mean. good. <laughs> you know, I think you've read my mind. I do it all the time, but, You know, it's like, no, honestly, no one can read your mind. So sometimes you have to really like step back a bit and just sort of like, right, I have to approach this person with the full context, a little bit more of what I'm, what I mean. And then, you know, and keep going with that. Um, So yeah, I think conversation is a good thing. And sometimes it's hard, but it's also, if you can just hang on there and be as cool as possible with it and try to also see the other person's perspective a bit, you know, something else will shift. And those little micro shifts, can be really positive things that build towards something better in future. And it can be a little bit step-by-step step, or it's that other magic that happens. And you know it, you meet that one person who opens up that one door and all these other riches come through. And that I've seen that happen. And I live for those days because that those are magical moments that are so like the whole, it just happens like a blink of an eye and everything aligns. And that's like a really, that's a beautiful time. That's beautiful to watch. It's so true. And
0: I love this one that you want volunteers, not recruits. Mm. Um, and I feel like, gosh, I wish I would have learned that earlier in my career to focus on those relationships, yeah. um, whether they're presenters or presenter artists or other artists in places that you just get on like a house on fire. It's like, oh my God, I like comedy and dance. Yes, let's go. Instead of this idea that, oh, you have to go to these big centers or you have to go to Europe. Those are the people. Those are the big air quotes, important people. And it's important to remember that everybody's important And that the artist presenter in this small town in BC could be the door into amazing collaborations, into this amazing audience that you didn't know about, into a bunch of other relationships. So
1: I really do hope that. Yeah, I think that's beautiful because there's some things that happen in smaller places, even if it's your local place, you're like, meh, you know it's so close that you forget about it. For other people, it is a something and it is an access to different audiences. And in these smaller areas, like different things are possible if you can talk to the presenter a bit more or like, could I try this? Could I do this? You know, someone else on a different frame, but someone else gave this quote that I I think about because it like messes with me a bit, but it's a good one. The quote is, power is something you give away. I was like, right, power Okay, what is that? It's annoying because you're like, what am I giving away? But you know what's interesting in that circumstance? This was somebody who he was in charge of a venue, just some theater in New York, and he wrote an article for the New York Times. And he's like, why do I have to get some other writer to do it? I'm going to do it. Power is something you give away. Why do I have to rely on a reporter? I'm writing it. I don't know. There's something really interesting about that. So there's always more to be done, and not to put more work on the artist because there's also that thing too. But, you know, on the other hand, like this is your moment to contextualize your work and send it out there because then they're just going to react with what you've given them. But if you, if it's too wishy-washy, then some people don't know what to do with that. Some people are cool. with I'm getting really abstract. <laughs> some people are cool with walking into wishy-washy and like can help you see where the landing stones are. But other people, when things are wishy-washy, they're like, I don't know what the hell it is. I'm, I don't know. They just want you to settle it. And then they know what where your boundary is or where you're coming Where you're walking in the door,
0: yeah, and I think it's important, especially for young artists, but for all of us, to recognize that that you and probably you're speaking of bringing in again the people around you, your support system, probably your ancestors are the authority. You are the authority on your work, so expressing contextualizing to a presenter or you know somebody like that can be really
1: important, really good for both. You know, I've seen some artists at the very beginning stages and we're all like full of baby fat. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> anyway, dude, dude. Cute. Ooh, anyway. Okay. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> cute, but important. Cute, but important. <laughs> okay. So at the very beginnings, you know, and seeing them 10 years later and the, how they talk about their work now, is like a big evolution, but it's really been working at it. And I used to tell different artists that I work with, you know, yes, yes, you need to talk about your work, not to sell it all the time, but just like, what is it? And I like this thing I used to tell artists, always have a notebook with you. Think about your work. You know, how some artists like, quote unquote, make it whatever that means these days. A lot of them are thinking about it, looking at it 24 hours a day, seven days a week they are thinking about it. They are looking at other artists. They are thinking about what their work is. They are refining it. They're growing it. They're doing, trying something else. Like, that's why, that's why, you know, to be honest, it's like, I'm an artist to it. Cause I am, you know, in my, to my certain extent, do I make it my full living? No, I don't. And that's different. If I'm around artists that like, that's their, that's their main gig. I mean, I don't step into that. Also, it's just like everything
0: you live is part of your life. Life is art making. Art making is life so that, you know, having the notebook handy, you know, stand-up comics will always have like the little notebook to write down every dorky thought you might have because you never know when it's going to become a good joke. Mm. Like practicing talking about your work to your friends, to your like your family, you know, like your weird uncle in Three Hills, Alberta is like, what do you do? And how would you explain it to that person? And how would you explain it to this person?
1: Yeah. And I think most of us have that one friend or those two friends that you don't know what it is, but when you have some kind of weird idea or you're just trying to figure something out, they're like the best listeners. They're one of those people that are your psychics and they see a little bit ahead of you and they throw something, they throw some, they reflect something back to you that you're like, oh, and they're just like, yeah, that's what you're saying. You just haven't heard someone else say it. So you really have to be careful who you invite into those conversations. You don't want, you know, okay, Julia Cameron's an artist way, (laughs) very far into that book. She has the wet blanket and that chapter is about here you are with this fabulous idea. Who do you call? I know who I call. I have one friend who's extremely critical of everything I do. What do I do? I call her because I think that if she hears this idea, she'll be like, that's great. She will never say that to me. And that is not what's going to happen. But I think, but this is the one where I'll get that. No, but I always call her. And then I have to go through the more of the rig like, oh, maybe it is bad. Maybe this, maybe that. And finally, I was like, don't call her. <laughs> I love her, but like, this is not the right person to call at this moment. Call her later when you need an editor to slap, you know, put things away. So then I call this other friend who's more the, she's just a dreamer by nature. And and just, that's what you want to, just to say, not out of the personal, but just like out of the personal, it's like, yeah, make a good choice of who you talk to with this nascent baby idea. Don't talk to the bulldozer or the crusher, you know, save that for other things. You want to bring this little one to like somebody who... Can give it a little bit of some wind support so that it grows a little bit brighter. That's the one. Totally. Yeah. You have to be really
0: careful. The midwife, not the drill sergeant.
1: Yeah. And that's value. And that's valuing your work. That's creating value right there. You're like, I know this is, this is my baby idea. I'm not ready and I'm scared to tell somebody. So go gentle. Do not let it be crushed. That's important to me. The other thing that's important to me that like sometimes an artist is at a particular, <laughs> a particular <laughs> point in their career where you know, in some of these recommend, I write recommendation letters all the time. I love doing it. I get to champion somebody. I do too. I love doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's cool. Just tell me a little bit more of what you want me to say though. Don't leave me stranded. <laughs> I don't... Give me a draft. I love a draft. Give me something <laughs> or let me know like how much of what part of the, I'm supposed to emphasize, not dancer, just choreographer. Okay. Bullet points. Yeah. At a certain point in an artist's career, you really need to catch them and bring them up. If an artist is like, they're jamming along with, they're making their work and all that. And I would be very interested to have this artist be part of, I don't know, a jury for something, a selection committee for something, or some other way that they could be involved in the ecology or whatever you want to call the landscape and all those words of, like, you know, every artist, the stuff that they show you on stage is like the tip of the iceberg. That's just the public conversation. And that's the one thing I think about COVID that's been great is that you know, the post-performance conversation is, is always like, you know, stay if you want to, but you don't have to, you know, on the side. Now that's like the main course. Like we're having the conversation. So you don't want to lose them because they're expanding their conversation. They're expanding their knowledge base because they have much more than is only what's on stage and in the studio. Exactly, All of that stuff that goes into making your work, choosing, selection, what part works, what doesn't work. You're bringing all of that into more into the ecology to look at other people's work to, you know, create some selection or choices, whatever. Also, I'll say to every artist, if you ever get an an invitation or if you put yourself forward to be on a jury or any committee or something like that, as one little example, like totally go for it. It's a crash course. You will never write a grant the same way again. After you have to read 20. Oh yeah, it's gold. Yeah. You're going to get super concise. (laughs) Way concise. You're going to be asked for the money and the first sentence. Nobody wants to comb through. You're shy. You don't want to ask for it, but like nobody can comb through everyone's exhausted and now they're working from home. So they're like trying to get their kids some food while they read 20 applications. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is. (laughs)
0: Oh,
1: okay. (laughs) On that
0: note, because I will have to cook for my child soon. Yes. My last question, even though I have so many more for you. Woo. Is there something you're doing right now or you've discovered right now that is keeping you creative, keeping you from not getting sucked into the black hole, anything like that, that you could share something
1: that uh, is a bit of a takeaway? Ooh, well, the idea I had isn't as much of a takeaway. It was just a personal thing, but I'll try to get another thing. The personal thing is just that I did all this family research and then it's great. Then you have it, but it's like, you know, whatever. And then my cousin in Montreal was like, why don't you use it to write a novel or a short story? So I've been working on that. And there's something really fun about going from, I have all these facts to like something that's partial fantasy with fact. And that's been, I've been enjoyed that. But a takeaway for other artists, it's an acting exercise. This yes and, you know, that thing. Yeah, totally. Love it. It's such a lovely thing because you're kind of going with the flow of something that someone else suggested and adding to it rather than no, no, but no, no, stop. You know, all those, you know, and I think these are the days that could be interesting to do yes and yes. And so in that way you do start building something together and the other person, you kind of freak each other out because it starts going into these other directions. You're like, I had no idea we were building a car. You know, or <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> yeah. so,
0: um, yeah, I think that, I think that's a good one. I think that's a great one that is so good that yes and um I just want to double back on your family research because I think that could be a takeaway in terms of like researching yourself. Yeah, that sometimes um we think that all the you know the interesting things are academic or in the news or pop culture or something and and everything you've experienced and your ancestors live in you somehow and so what kind of research could you do with yourself, whether it's the ancestry or whether it's just like, these are the ways I really like to move. Why? That's interesting. You know, these are my favorite foods.
1: Why? Hmm. That's interesting. Mary Kotanabe, she's based, she's actually from, I don't know if she's from Vancouver originally, but she's from BC, Mary Kotanabe. She's now in Montreal. She does a lot of somatic work and she just had a little thing, a video online that was like kind of about that. And it's such a very simple, but really soft way to explore some of those ideas of gesture and, 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 you know, things you can glean from that. Yeah. It's really lovely.
0: Thank you so much, Jane, for taking the time. Yeah, that was great. Thank you so much. I loved it. It was fun. Tara. So fun. (laughs) So fun to talk to you. And I'm really excited to share this with our community. Thanks. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Jane, for taking the time to have a really fine chinwag with me. Talking Shit with Tara Cheyenne is a production of Tara Cheyenne Performance, produced, edited, and original music by Mark Stewart, markstewartmusic.com. Please get in touch with us. We love to hear from you. Instagram, Tara Cheyenne TCP. Facebook, Tara Cheyenne Performance. Email me, info at And if it is within your means, please consider donating. You can go to tarascheyenne.com, upper right-hand corner. Hit that donate button. Or we will have the direct link in our show notes. Every little bit helps. And we really do appreciate it. And if you're interested in advertising or promoting your show, your side hustle, the earrings you're making, whatever it is, your own podcast, please reach out. We love to support our community. So please keep creating, keep coming up with stuff, don't edit yourself, and find somebody to give you a deadline. Be well. Take care. And I'll be back with more shit to talk about in the near future.
1: This podcast is effing good.